الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وأمر أهلك بالصلاة واستبر عليها لا نسألك رزقا نحن نرزقك والعاقبة للتقوى صدق الله العظيم Mothers and sisters and students of Deen. Today again we have a gathering of the mothers of those students who are currently studying in the madrasa. So the address will revolve primarily around discussing some issues that pertain to the parents but also which will inshallah be applicable to one and all first and foremost to myself and to everybody else inshallah firstly as we always mention this that parents who have made a conscious decision and have made the choice to send their children to a dini institute rather than to a circular schooling environment who have decided that instead of having their daughters in some place which is part of all the various issues that are going on rather than that they have put their daughters in an institution of deen. So this is a very big decision for many people. In many families, there is a lot of pressure on people to send their children to the government schools, other schooling environments. And unfortunately, many a person is completely oblivious of what is going on there. They know what is going on there, but don't understand how dangerous things are. And as a result, they send their children, they send their daughters to these environments. And every other day, there is some major problem that has to be dealt with. Barely some half an hour ago, there was one issue of somebody's daughter that now she is involved in some relationship of some sort, haram relationship and all this stemmed from now the same kind of environment this is obviously not confined and restricted to the schools the scourge of haram is unfortunately permeating every place almost but there's two different situations here. One is an environment of deen where constantly there's a reminder, there's encouragement to always be doing that which is pleasing to Allah wa ta'ala, to always be making an effort to stay far away from anything and everything that is forbidden, that is displeasing to Allah ta'ala. And there is active encouragement, there is discussions on the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala, 
there is effort made to try and inculcate taqwa, to inculcate righteousness. So that is one environment. Despite being in such an environment, somebody still gets caught up sometimes in these kind of things because either they have a free use of a phone or they have access to a phone though it is happening very subtly, very quietly. Parents are not even aware what's going on sometimes in their very homes and how many times parents then suddenly discover that this child is now indulging in all these things. So it's happening from the environment outside that comes inside as well. It comes into a madrasa also. But the madrasa is constantly reminding, encouraging that look, these things are very dangerous, they are harmful to one's deen, harmful to one's dunya, one's life can get turned upside down. Like in this particular instance that came up just perhaps half an hour ago, it's now created so much of turmoil. Now, obviously nobody knows who I'm discussing about, so just as an ibrat, I mentioned enough to take a lesson from it. The point is that these are ongoing challenges out there, very, very major challenges. But this education aspect has become such a uh, obsession that anyone and everyone must go through this whole system. Even a girl must go through this whole system. Though her primary role and duty is to become a good wife and a good mother to her children, and raise her children to become the great leaders of the Ummah tomorrow, those sons of hers to become the true leaders of the Ummah tomorrow, and those daughters to become the mothers of those who would inshallah become the leaders. Now this is the process, and this is how it always happened. And Allah Ta'ala has defined the roles, Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, defined the roles for each party, what is a male supposed to do, what is his role, in a family unit and what is the wife's role, what is the mother's role these things are defined for us by Rasulullah but the western lifestyle is obviously very different the western lifestyle is that everybody is so called so called equality and they must be so called equality but that is just if just fancy words there is no equality in that sense because Allah Ta'ala has created both differently, both have different capacities, somebody has a greater capacity for one thing, and somebody a greater capacity for something else. Somebody has more tolerance and patience, and more compassion, and therefore they have that motherly love, which makes them more conducive to rearing that child, and therefore it's the mother that bears the child, and she is the child, and she gives the child what the father can't give. And the father has a different role to play in that whole process. When each one plays their specific role, and complement each other's functions and roles, by supporting each other in their specific role, then that home goes very smoothly forward, and there is that stability. The children grow up to be very stable. They have a direction in life they can also then progress to do what their role is. And this is how it has always been happening. Just go not too far back, maybe even 30-40 years back. And this was the norm. This was how it always happened. This was the norm 35-40 years back. It was this. 
but then the very strong influences of the West started creeping into our homes because the media then became a part of every Muslim home also and this started off some 30-35 years ago or a little bit more, maybe 40 years ago where the advent of television and whatever other issues so in a short time this influence came deep down into the Muslim community and they also began now looking in the same direction and as a result this very very strong uh, push in every home that no the girl also must go into this very long process of so called education and she must also become highly qualified but then what is the outcome I have some friends who are in the working world in the business world and in the professional circles and they talk about how many well professional people but what is the condition meaning now they they also went into the professional world woman but what is the situation are they really happy are they really stable in a direction so now you can't make a judgment on some exceptions but generally their experience whatever experience they have had and the interactions they have had or the people they know about they say that it's a very different picture from what the world sees outside. The world sees something of a very, very progressive person and very so-called successful and very high-flying career and this and that and the other. But at what cost and what price is all this happening? The price to the children, the price of family life or the price of not even being able to sit into a family life. Whatever other issues. Now this is to the extent of their interaction and what knowledge they have, what they have mentioned. So this sounds like a very common situation unfortunately out there. But this is still the way people are unfortunately thinking that that is the way to go. Now in the midst of all this pressure, when somebody decides to send their child in an in a institution where that is not going to become the outcome, where somebody is now going to be able to progress to high school and matriculation and thereafter the education, and that girl is going to be more now groomed in deen. She'll have the basics, basic skills of life, but she'll be groomed in deen and guided in deen. This becomes a very strong pressure for many people that know you are making a wrong decision. Some make it sound as if that this is a great disservice to the child and try to make some parents feel guilty. Whereas this is the whole subverting of realities. In the Hadith Sharif, Rasulullah forewarned about such a time will come. Kaifa bikum idaraitumul ma'rufa munkara wal munkara ma'rufa. Nabi Sallallahu highlighting the pitiable condition of the Ummat at that time. Nabi Sallallahu addressed the Sahaba and he's saying, What will be the condition of the Ummat at such a time? When the good will be looked at as if it is evil, and the evil will be looked at as if it is good. The wrong will be treated as if that's right. And the right will be regarded as wrong. Now, unfortunately, in many, many instances, this is the case. That the wrong, that has become right for many people. So now that girl is going to go into an institution, she's going to be intermingling with who not, and what kind of uniform she's going to end up wearing, what kind of situation she's going to find herself in, even that young boy, where he's going to be, how he's going to be conducting himself, 
and all these various issues and then what is being imparted in that education the theory of evolution which is going to be forced down his throat and her throat and many are starting to believe that Na'uzubillah that their forefather was a monkey whereas we don't believe that we believe mashallah Allah Ta'ala's grace and mercy on us that our forefather was Hazrat Adam we are his progeny and Allah Ta'ala created him from sand and Allah Ta'ala created him with his hukam and we have this firm belief the clear belief what Allah Ta'ala has described in the Quran Sharif Allah forbid many a youngster is not just imagining this or, or just sometimes asking some question about because he has some doubt about it he is coming from a position of belief he is believing this already and he comes to debate it to try to sort of convince the other party that no, what you saying doesn't make sense what I am believing is already what I am believing that is right so he is already believing something and what he is believing is a total fallacy and Allah forbid worse than that it rejects so many ayat of the Quran Sharif Now this is how dangerous this is people's iman is going and the issue of also many are attending Christian based schools Christian ethos schools so what not is going on there so these are all the various problems that are out there in society and there is so much of a push on it and in the midst of all this mashallah some parents take the courage and ignore all the criticism all the pressure and whatever else goes on with it and make the right decision and send their children to a deeny environment to a place where deen is the primary objective and merely on a level of necessity within the limits of shariat the life skills are also imparted so that they can fulfill their day to day functions the role that they have to play in life so mashallah this is something of great courage we always have been repeating this and we will keep repeating it because this encouragement is necessary in the light of the pressure that comes down on so many parents maybe for some there is no pressure Alhamdulillah but many a parent finds themselves under tremendous pressure in this regard but mashallah they take the courage they remain steadfast this is the greatest gift you can give to your child to put them into the environment of deen and groom them in deen so may Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala accept this uh, step that the parents have taken and Allah ta'ala grant them istiqamat on this give them the tremendous insight and foresight into making the right decisions for their children all the time decisions which will be of great benefit to them in dunya and decisions which will more than that be of everlasting benefit for them in the akhirat which will take them through inshallah through the phase of qabr with ease and which will help them on the day of qiyamah and which will become a means for them to inshallah reach jannah directly that's the guidance and that's the decision that we need to make for our children that decision is simply to guide them towards deen, to the places of deen, to the environments of deen and to save them from those influences that attack deen, from those influences that compromise deen. So mashallah this is a very great step. May Allah Ta'ala accept one and all. Allah Ta'ala grant us tremendous khair and benefit in all this. Nevertheless, having made this decision is only the first step. A very great step, a very big step but together with that it is the first step it's not the end of the road it's only the beginning of the road the road is long and the road is very very uh, 
sensitive and delicate in the sense that there's so many dangers lurking everywhere. So we cannot be complacent and we cannot be now dropping our guard that our child is in a madrasa and therefore we have no other need to now take note of anything. There's no role for us to play in the process. Everything will get done. That's not how it happens. Many occasions previously we've mentioned the ratio and proportion of the time that is spent in madrasa and the time out of madrasa. This is not <coughs> a boarding situation. <coughs> the children come, they spend a minimal amount of time in the madrasa. On a madrasa day, it doesn't even add up to quarter of the time of the full day or approximately a quarter maybe. And the rest of the time, the rest of the three quarters of the day of the 24 hours, they obviously not in madrasa, they at home, they elsewhere. And then take the weekends out, take the holidays out, and all these factors put together, though it doesn't even add up to make probably one third of the year in terms of full time, hours. So the whole year, you take the hours, and take the hours that they were in madrasa, it probably amounts to about one third. So two thirds outside, one third inside. So obviously there's a very great role for people outside to also play. In fact, if you just take it on that ratio, then there's one third role that will be played in the madrasa, two thirds has to be played outside still. Now it is this joint effort that helps to bring the end result. The joint effort, it's everybody's inclusion in this effort. So parents, what is their role in this? One role that every parent has to play for their own children and not just in any particular phase of life from the time that they are even just there's some indication of a child until that last breath of the parent. So till that last breath of the parent or child the role of dua for the child Unfortunately, this is often neglected. We have a lot of concern for a lot of things for our children. We do a lot of things for our children. We spend a lot for them and on them. But how much of dua do we make for them? Dua is the direct means of gaining from the help of Allah Ta'ala, gaining from the treasures of Allah Ta'ala. All the challenges that we have with our children the challenges that we face from outside which we want to protect our children from are all challenges and we can only succeed in overcoming these challenges if we have the help of Allah Ta'ala on our side now the first and the direct means of gaining this help from Allah Ta'ala is dua but unfortunately that is what gets neglected very often and sometimes most often and sometimes entirely we do everything else, but dua doesn't get made. Sometimes the whole day goes past, and we haven't made dua once for the child in that whole day. Now, 24 hours have passed. Okay, for out of the 24 hours, 6 hours, 7 hours, we are sleeping. But then the rest of that time, that 17, 18 hours we were awake, in that 17, 18 hours, we didn't spend one minute making dua for the child. Now, what a tragedy this is. So maybe this is not the norm. If this is not the case of the majority also, but we should take a lesson from this, that we should be making earnest dua for our children daily. 
again on the note of dua, one is very very casual dua. Like a person just making dua, banatina fi dunya hasana, wa fil akhirati hasana, wa qinada bannar. But he is not even conscious of what he is saying, no, no concentration in it, his mind is somewhere else. While he is making the dua, he is just rattling something off. No, no, asking Allah Ta'ala. So the barakat of the duas of the Quran and Sunnah, first some of these duas and asking manner, but then to ask in our own words, in our own language, the language we understand best. Beg Allah Ta'ala. Like a person desperately begging for something. Beg Allah Ta'ala's help for the child, for ourselves, for the hidayat of ourselves and our children, for the steadfastness on deen, for all, for afiyat in dunya and through all the stages of akhirat. All these things to ask for the best of dunya and akhirat. More importantly, to start off with akhirat. But nevertheless, even dunya, we are living in dunya, we'll ask for the good of dunya. The good of dunya is that which Allah Ta'ala is pleased with. Not what we imagine to be good. What Allah Ta'ala is pleased with to be good. So, therefore to beg, to make dua. So what a tragedy it would be if the whole day went past, that 17, 18 hours went past, and we didn't make dua once for the child. And then the whole week went past. Subhanallah, what a situation this is. We have so much of love for the child, so much of concern for the child. So what about dua for the child? Because this is where it all starts off from. All our efforts will be in vain if we don't gain the help of Allah Ta'ala. And this is the first step. And to make the dua more effective, two rakats nafil before the dua, with the niyat of salatul haja, and begging Allah Ta'ala's help, making some amal, reciting some Quran Sharif first, maybe kotopara, maybe two rukus, maybe even one ruku, making some istighfar, hundred times, la ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntu min or even some shorter formula of istighfar, reciting some durood sharif, and then making dua, giving some sadaqah first, and then making dua, after all these amal, first doing some amal, that will inshallah make the dua more effective, and then turning our attention to dua. Unfortunately, this dua is very greatly neglected. Yet we find in the Quran Sharif, so many duas mentioned, duas of the Anbiya alayhi salatu wasalam for their children. Can we imagine such great personalities? The Anbiya alayhi salatu wasalam, somebody is making dua, Rabbi awzi'ni an ashkura ni'mataka allati an amta alayya wa ala walidayya wa an a'amana salihan tardahu wa aslih li fi dhurriyyati Ya Allah, you make my children pious, make that islah for me. In other words, you guide them, you grant them hidayat. Somebody is saying, Rabbi Habli min as Allah, you grant me pious offspring. Somebody is saying, Rabbi Habli min ladunka zurriyatan tayyiba. Allah, grant me good offspring. Good offspring are those who are pious and who are obedient to Allah Ta'ala and who are the coolness of the eyes of the parents. Somebody is saying, Rabbana hablana min azwajina wa zurriyatina qurrata a'yun Wajalna lil muttaqina imama. Allah, you grant us offspring who are the coolness of our eyes and make us the leaders of the muttaqin. Muttaqin, those who have taqwa, those who are pious. So we must be leaders of the pious, meaning we must have greater piety than them also. Allah, you make us that, that we have greater piety than them, make them pious also. These are du'as the Qur'an Sharif has recorded. The Qur'an Sharif is recording the du'as of Anbiya alayhi salatu wasalam for their offspring, for their piety. Now, day in and day out, we are engaged in so many things for our children. What about this dua? So dua is an extremely important thing. A dua u mukhul ibadah, 
This is the essence of ibadat, and therefore we should be making this dua daily, and not just in a casual manner, with from the depth of the heart, learning about the adab of dua first, and applying those adab, and then making dua. And inshallah, we will see the benefit of this in our nawafil salah, the duas of the Quran Sharif that we just learned now, in the same Arabic, obviously those du'as to even make it in sajda with deep earnestness in sajda after having recited subhana rabbi al-a'la three times, five times and then in the nawafil to make these du'as and inshallah we will see the effect of it now unfortunately our situation is like how we press that microwave button and one minute's time we see something coming out boiling so now we want to see everything happen like that microwave press of a button it must happen Make dua one time and must happen. This is not how the system is in dunya. We will have to really dedicate ourselves to that. Bring our dua to the level with repeatedly making the dua, bring it to the level of acceptance. How weak our actions are, how feeble they are, how feeble our intentions are. So now we will have to do so much more of it to bring it to that level, to bring it to the point of acceptance by increasing it and increasing it and doing it more deeply and inshallah I'll come to that point someday so one is this dua then together with dua when the child Allah Ta'ala forbid Allah Ta'ala protect one and all keep all with afiyat but if the child becomes ill then we make dua also and we don't confine it to dua we make dua as well here again often we sometimes even forget dua we start off with dua we start off with treatment and medication. And then when that treatment and medication doesn't seem to be having its effect and things seem to be getting a little bit more serious, then now we phone somebody for dua. That time too we forget to make dua ourselves. We send somebody a message, make dua. Whereas treatment, medication, this is sunnah. So we will engage in that as well. We will undertake treatment. We will undertake medication, taking medication. But we will start off with dua. Even if there wasn't an opportunity at that time to first go and make turakas nafil, to give some, make, perform some other amal, etc. But to make a 15 second dua from the heart, what difficulty is there in that? Ya Allah, you grant shifa. All cure is in your hands. Ya Allah, you uh, remove this difficulty with afiyat. Everything is in your control. Now, we are asking Allah Ta'ala directly from the heart what time it took, what effort it took, how much did it cost. But we started off with dua. We reaffirmed our connection with Allah Ta'ala. And by repeatedly doing this, we are building up that connection with Allah Ta'ala. So, nevertheless, unfortunately, even in this case of physical illness also, we often forget about the dua completely. When now nothing else seems to be working, from the doctor to the specialist to the super specialist, now we start thinking of dua. There's no harm in adopting all these means, but first dua. But nevertheless, this much we definitely do that we adopt the dua. Now, when it comes to deen, when it comes to the upbringing of the child, when it comes to the character and akhlaq of the child, it comes to the obedience of the child to Allah wa ta'ala, to the way of Rasulullah, obedience to the parents as well within the limits of deen then we want to sometimes just ask somebody else to make dua and hope for it to just work. We make dua, sometimes we don't make dua also. 
And if you're making dua, but then where's the dawa? Must make dua, obviously that's the starting point. But then there's dawa as well. There's the medication also. In other words, there must be active steps also taken to enhance this mindset of obedience to Allah Ta'ala, to inculcate the love of Allah Ta'ala in the heart, to inculcate the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala in that heart. So together with the dua, the dawa as well. What is the dawa? One is that that child, whatever she is learning in madrasa, we are in, we are up to date with that. We are also understanding what's going on, finding out from the child what was taught to you today, and we are playing that supportive role to bring these things in the child's life. If something was taught in terms of the importance of salah, so now we are asking the child, "What you learned? I learned this. So now, how are we going to now take it forward? It's not just a theory." We have to make it part of our life. So now the child is being encouraged at home, the child is being overseen, that the salah is being performed on time, and all the various things that then go along. So, this is the active role that we have to play. Likewise, the talim that should take place in every home, which will now create an environment of deen in the home, the environment of the enthusiasm for amal, the Mubarak month of Ramadan is on our doorstep. Now, speaking about this, encouraging it through the talim encouraging it by reading the book Fazail Amal Virtues of Ramadan by the Sheikh Zakira Rahmatullahi this will start creating an environment of deen then what is being taught in the madrasa inshallah that will be enhanced at home and that will be now carried forward the theory will now get translated into practice and when the theory gets translated into practice that is when the child will now progress in deen and this is where the protection of the child is. But if the theory is now just left as theory, and the practice, the bulk of the time the child is out of madrasa, if the practice is not uh, reinforced, then after a while even the theory will get forgotten. Then sometime later, like it happens, when the exams are taken in the makatib and so on, and the child is told now recite certain dua, so the child learnt it, revised it also, it was uh, done maybe more than once, several times, but now when the exam came, and the ustad, the examiner says, that recite certain dua, so the child now thinks first, and then he says, give me a start. So now that give me a start, that line, what it means, that the child didn't start practicing it yet. So now he's still asking for a start, to be reminded of, what is the starting of the dua, when you give him a start, then he already then gets going. But he needed the start. Why he needed the start? Because he hasn't yet started. And why he didn't yet start? Because nobody at home started overseeing this. Nobody at home started uh, supporting that what was learnt in madrasa is being practiced at home. So now we have to start. When we will start, inshallah, our children will start also. Otherwise, sometimes Allah forbid they become upsats. And then they want to challenge us in everything. So, this is that role that we have a very, very great, very important role as parents to play in the upbringing of our children in terms of their dini nurturing. Our role is not confined to just giving them the material comforts of dunya and to let them have a grand time in terms of whatever they want. But as time goes, they get deeper and deeper into all these things and they cannot now focus towards their akhirat. They get far away from deen because they are so engrossed in all the other material things and in the entertainment of dunya. 
So that becomes a very big problem in their own lives and the parents are the first to suffer the consequences of that. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us. This is such a great challenge with every passing day. This challenge gets greater. Allah Ta'ala grant the himmat and grant the protection to every single parent. Allah Ta'ala make every person's child the coolness of their eyes. Allah Ta'ala make the children a means of sadaqah jariyah. Allah Ta'ala make the parents, uh, the children a means of the comfort of the parents' heart in dunya and a means of gaining the highest stages of akhirat. So this dua is for every parent that indeed the challenges of nurturing children and upbringing children in this zamana are very great. The challenges are perhaps almost in some instances unprecedented. But with the help of Allah Ta'ala we can overcome this. With the help of Allah Ta'ala we can get past these challenges. And with the help of Allah Ta'ala our children will inshallah be protected and saved. But that is the bottom line. We have to draw the help of Allah Ta'ala. We have to ourselves turn. We have to make the dua and make the dawa as well. Adopt the medication as well. We are discussing the sunnats of Rasulullah in our homes. Reviving the sunnats. One one sunnat. For a whole week one new sunnat. And revising it. Reminding about it. Inshallah each sunnat that comes alive will bring so much more nur. And this will enhance the whole the, the imani and the dini environment of that home and it will light up the hearts as well this will bring us closer to Allah Taala, and this will draw down his help for us this will become the means of our good in dunya and for the eternal good of akhirat as well may Allah Taala accept every parent sacrifices Allah Taala bless with the best of dunya and akhirat Allah Taala keep our children steadfast on deen keep them progressing on deen Allah Taala keep us also with istiqamat keep us with iman Take us with Iman and raise us on the day of Qiyamah with Iman. وآخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين. اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله. اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك. جز الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله. اللهم افتح لنا بالخير واختم لنا بالخير وجعل عواقب أمورنا بالخير بيدك الخير إنك على كل شيء قدير. ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتبفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا يا مولانا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين